0: I've seen all walks of life work on race cars, and it's like, well, do you trust that person to tighten the nuts and bolts on that car that your dad, your brother, your husband's going out in and risking their life in?
1: Hello and welcome to the Dirt Track Confessions podcast with your host, Mandy Pouch-Mahaney. The Dirt Track Confessions show starts in three, two, one, and the green is out.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dirt Track Confessions. I'm your host, Mandy Patch Mahaney, and today we have two guests joining us. We've got my husband, Mike, and man, you know what? Someone that really everyone should know, Alex Stevens. He's shaking his head over here saying no, but Alex Stevens, the OG of OGs. I mean, you've been around for quite a while. Alex, do you mind uh, sharing a little bit about yourself? Um, Maybe how you and Mike. You know became bffs i don't know if guys use bffs but we're wrong with it
2: yeah so uh been around a while like six seven years i think of this time um and i guess became friends when i moved out to the area the king ferry area and met him through my father and jim were friends from yesteryears of racing back when it was the outlaw circuit i think at utica rome fulton and Britain. Brewerton. Mm-hmm. So they've been friends for a while, and they got us connected and Then I think it was twenty fifteen at World of World Champions down in Charlotte. We got together with Chad and Eric and did some soccer blow ball sports when we rained <laughs> out one night and that's when we really met That was hilarious so so Chad and Eric means
1: uh Chad Homan and Eric Jensen, and we we have to give credit to mary lou Sting, for planning for, for planning this but we we ended up at this this like you you go inside of a of a bubble boy ball yeah there you go bubble boy ball. you're inside Great. like you're you're bubble boy and you are playing soccer <laughs> <laughs> this was the most fun activity i have ever embarked in really? i mean we are. I like the go karts myself. That uh, that was a great time, and <laughs> and but it's it's kind of gets competitive. It's just like racing, you know. But this bubble boy ball was just the it was the goofiest, most ridiculous thing
2: I've ever seen. We had what Man, six or seven of us.
0: Uh, it sounds amazing. <laughs> I'm a little jealous that I wasn't invited.
1: Six
2: or seven of us that knew each other yeah, really well and, and against you're just eight random you're just people blasting
1: in into each other, and and nothing hurts because you're in a bubble.
2: Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a hockey rink. It was more so or less. fun. Who got sent over the wall? Was it you? Did you wind up over the wall? I might have. Somebody went up over the wall upside down, and we had to pull them up because it, I feel you're like, like a turtle at that point. I yeah, feel, yeah I feel like it was shell. me. I feel like it was me or Chad. <laughs> Somebody was
1: over the wall. I know. Me and Chad got together at some point. <laughs> so might have got together at Weed Sport or at the Bubble Boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's happened. it's happened at some point
0: Alex can you kind of paint a picture so the the listeners have an idea of like who you are what you do I mean you've got a beautiful wife who's here sitting next to me and um I mean you live quite an interesting life I mean you got you live in a shop house which uh, honestly I think you did it before shop houses were cool so like you started it that
2: is true we're at the (laughs) rising edge of the store of the trend and uh yeah, I mean I needed a place to work on my stuff and hang out with my friends, so this I bought a bef- shop. Before the before the term barn dominion mm-hmm. even was a thing. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. a thing. <laughs> it wasn't no, I, I own the original shit. Shop house institute of technology. <laughs> yes. As my coworkers denoted Genius. it. Genius. And uh, we're still rocking it today. Zach Truesdale, as you know. He sent me a I don't know if it was Instagram or Snapchat story. Somebody has a sprint car labeled Shop House. And looking for a driver at maybe Eldora. <laughs> and I said, listen, I'm the sponsor and the driver. Let's go. Yeah, and like, yeah. here we go. Yeah. You know, we had a track. I mean, in twenty May 15th of 2016, Mike needed to test a Speedster motor. So I built him a racetrack at my shop house to test a motor out. It was yeah, relatively was okay. was sick.
1: We got some awesome photos.
2: Yeah, snow your, in the background. Your
1: buddy took some photos that I, I would use as a profile pic to this day.
2: We um, won left lift the left front when that was a thing. Yeah,
1: that was that was a thing. If, um, yeah,
2: lift the left front I think it was. Lift in
1: the left front.
2: We got some harsh comments about what kind of crap track was that? Yeah. And I think people were like, "Oh, that's somebody's house. That's yeah, cool." It was a backyard. Track. <laughs> so,
1: it was pretty nice
2: for a backyard track. Yeah. That track housed a lot of racing. I mean, last, we raced last night
1: there trucks. was a huge bonfire on that track. Yeah, so yeah, that's true. It's used for multiple purposes.
2: Unfortunately, the track resembles a lot like rolling wheels these days. A lot of grass, <laughs> a
1: little overgrown, of of you
2: weeds. <laughs> it's one of those really loved tracks that has just gone to the sidelines, and we, everybody <laughs> wants it to come back, but here yeah. we are waiting. So the reason I brought Alex on this
1: podcast was because uh, I feel like it's uh, it's underappreciated how there are there are talented people on the wrenches in the pit area that kind of just jump in whenever they can and that's kind of what Alex does like he he he's busy he has a lot going on in business, home um there's
0: planning for a wedding yeah
1: there's just there's a lot going on so whenever whenever I can get him at the races it is a benefit to me and it's hard to explain why, but he just has the talent to jump in and work on about anything and everything he if you give him something that's broke, he can fix it and he can fix it fast he can he knows how to to create things he knows how to build things he knows how to fix things and uh, that's a that's a hard thing to find. there's not that many people that In the world that can just jump in assess the situation fast and come up with solutions and he's good at it um and i feel like that's where he comes in clutch when like whenever he's available to come to races he comes in and just like it goes he goes ham like he just jumps in and and starts doing stuff and i don't know if he realizes all the stuff that he's done for me but at the same time, there's been many situations where we've had leaks or failures or broken stuff, and he's just jumped in, guy's hand's dirty, and it's, before I know it, it's it's all fixed, and I'm back on the track and going. Um, mm-hmm. I remember uh, some, some super dirt weeks where we changed multiple <laughs> shocks. Oh, yeah. um, I've had situations where I've had to train people how to do those types of things, and Alex is the type of person that just knows how to do it without yeah i don't i don't have to train him to do anything he just he just knows how to fix things he's a mechanical genius he just knows. so he knows how to how to just do things without any training he and just, guys he just knows how things should be
0: he's ours not, where this is not yeah we're you not can't steal him, him no. but
1: mm-hmm. um, but at the same time i don't have so time to be stolen. i've yeah. had i've had multiple people you know message me Say things like you know hey, you know I, I'm coming to this race, could you use some help kind of thing, and the real the real deal is 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 you need to you need to kind of come with a little bit of a
0: almost like a resume a
1: resume because yeah. if you're talented like Alex is then then yes, I do need your help, but if you're not, then you kind of need to be at the track every race or else I can't train you to be useful.
0: To me, it's, and, it's, and that's
1: not a disrespectful thing. It's really just the way it is. Like if you if you know how to fix things and know how to how how things are supposed to go and and how are, how mechanical things work, then, uh, you know if if you're Alex Stevens or Art Ballard, then like you just know <laughs> you just know how things go. Like that's mm-hmm. just the way it is, and 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 those type of people can can do just
2: about anything.
0: Well, Alex, for you, I mean, you moved to, I mean, I guess right outside of King Ferry. Is it Classified King Ferry?
2: No, it's it's a uh, Lock. lock. Locky, New York, if you're in Delaware and they're pronouncing your hometown, <laughs> it's which is lock. just fine. All right.
0: All right, Lock, New York. Um, you know, what intrigued you to want to not just become friends with Mike, but help him on the team? Like, um, what enticed you?
2: Well, I grew up around racing, so... Uh, my father was the mechanic and crew chief, if you will, for Paul Jensen for, I'm going to say, the better portion of a decade and a half, or decades. At any rate, so I grew Paul, up around race Paul cars. Paul raced
1: the outlaw circuit. He was, he was at Utica Rome weekly. Uh, he would go to the surrounding tracks around there, but that was like his home track. Yep. And so... I mean, for your dad to work on his car, he was, he was one of the guys that, he won the Victoria, the, Victoria 200, or three ninety two. yep, um, very competitive racer, had good sponsorship at some points, sometimes not so much, a lot of times low buck, a lot of times worked off of, uh, his repair shop to, to pay the bills, and, um repaired transmissions and rear ends to, to get by and still does that.
2: Yep. But uh, go ahead, finish. Yeah, so Dad worked uh, with Paul for quite a few years. Before that, he worked on uh, and helped with Dick Schoonover's race car as a kid. Um, you know, he looked at Dick Schoonover as a father and family, and actually, coincidentally, two of Dick's kids were at the shop today. They were up visiting, camping nearby, and came over to pick up some stuff I did for him hey. on the side, and they got to see the shop house just as it is um so that was cool so yeah dad's my father was around racing all throughout his early years and then in through a better portion of my life so naturally i uh grew attached to it being around the race cars and such and then got out of it for a while um during college i just got a little too busy with academics and then trying to make money on the off off sides of the year so i didn't follow racing much every once in a while i'd turn left and pull in utica rome and uh watch a race on a sunday night heading back that was back in the race sundays i think gene still owned the track at that point in time and gene is of course from Emmiston. so i grew up with you know the later owner not current but later owner of gene utica cole, rome
1: gates cole associates yep. before uh bill Shea. bill Shea, and then now brett dale
2: yep so i uh you know i was around those people all the while and Got used to it, and I guess when I moved back, well, I've not moved back, but I moved to the lock area because of my job. You know, I went to school in Rochester, got a job, right out of college in Ithaca area. area. So I moved to Cortland for a bit, and then uh, my friend politely said, find your own place instead of <laughs> crashing with him and his old lady. So I found my own place, which happened to be a shop, which fit my needs perfectly. Which I think
1: you looked for a shop because you you looked at the potential of... Well, if i'm gonna money. buy a place to live i want some i want something where like i can work on my shit yeah. i want to be able to to like build create do what i'm good at and and that's what you're good at like you, you're a machinist you're a fabricator you're a welder like you can do about anything with metal
2: yeah and i had i had stuff strung out from buffalo all the way to cooperstown and then some stuff and out towards even of tools and stuff that i had it families, places and friends and this, there and that. And instead of having it all over the state, I wanted it in one consolidated location. So a shop was the most ideal type of living quarters. And I really don't need much to sleep at night. Uh, a tent is really good enough most nights. So (laughs) the fact that I had cold running water in a a garden hose, a shower in kept me from smelling at work and for three months. And then my neighbor finally fixed the hot water heater that I had and got that going. That was really sweet
1: those are surprisingly Uh, easier to work on than i thought
2: yeah it turns out if you wiggle (laughs) a couple hoses you find the vacuum leak and it's fixed (laughs) but three months of cold showers really took care of the hangovers at that point in my life in the morning so got to work never once smelled and people didn't know how i showered for three months like that but uh i don't know there's people doing ice bath challenges now and i just did it because that's what i had to do so uh yeah i found my place in lock and then turns out Mike's parents shop and farmstead was only about 10 minutes away if, if that and that became my regular night hangout after work and my own stuff and then I don't know 2016-17 we were racing three to five nights a week it seemed like there'd be nights where I'd ask him where they're headed and which way they're getting there and then hey can you pick me up this gas station I'd ditch out of work as fast as I could hop in the hauler I would ideally try to take a nap and then I would get to the races wake up get a pit pass go to work we'd get in the holler. i would take another nap until i got home and then i would do my thing at the house for whatever i needed to do or go to bed and then i'd be back to work by seven in the morning and do it all it over again and we did that for quite a while i mean i don't know the one night i think you drove us to williams grove yep and then we left <sighs> we there over. at one maybe and i think at five thirty we rolled in and it I think the it was seven
1: thirty. We got home at seven thirty from Williams Grove. Wasn't that it late? Yeah. I thought I waited a little bit longer. I smashed the wall, Five qualified hours. with no no power steering, and then we changed. Alex stood upside down on his head, changed the steering <laughs> box in the car. First time got me, so I had power steering in the feature. Um, I passed <laughs> Brett Hearn for ninth on the last lap of the feature. We had top 10. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. It was pretty
2: decent. And then we rode home in the Woody. Yeah. And it was awesome. It was a great finish to a great day. Yeah. Long day. <laughs> and then, you know, whatever sleeping you could do in the Woody, uh, it really ro- handled like the road great. Seven but people in Seven it. people in the Woody was was asking much. You know, yeah. you know, I'm not a small guy myself, so trying to stretch out in that car is asking for a lot. So got home and I think I just decided to shower and go right to work instead of going to bed because... If I went to bed, I wasn't going to wake up in a half an hour because that was all I yeah. had. You
1: got out of the car and you're like, "All right, I'm going to go to work. See you later, guys." <laughs> and the rest of us went to bed. Yeah. And yep. and that's the thing about Alex is he when when you really need him, he just jumps in and gets whatever you need done. And uh, at at the same time, when when I haven't really needed him, he's been really busy because there's a lot of other people that need him because he's he's very talented. Um, has a lot of abilities to to help people in many different ways so um, whenever I can really use him it's it's awesome because it he comes in handy
0: okay, so I guess a solid question Alex is you got the smarts you, you got the work ethic, you got you know the job, the wife the shop house all this stuff why the heck would you want to spend nights working on race cars like what what do you like as an unpaid volunteer what do you get out of that
2: it's uh it's gratifying i think you know like all throughout high school i played sports i played sports from middle of august through the middle of july often with you know soccer we didn't have football, although we probably would have had a great football team. Soccer, basketball, and baseball. And at that point in my life, I was fairly successful. For a, you know, we were class D. We were a small school. I graduated with fifty-seven kids, and it was oh the biggest God. class ever wow. to go through my school at that time. I don't know. Welcome if it still to was, New York. Yeah, small. Yeah, so same here. So you know, and back then, you know, I like that show Friday Night Lights, like high school sports is like your parents and your life. At that point in your, in your life. And that's like a lot, for a lot of kids, probably no matter what the size of the school. But because that was my life, you know, you it's teamwork and you get some gratification, you get a lot of gratification out of winning and succeeding. Mm-hmm. So I don't really have the option at this point in my life is to, you know, play sports. Um, and I'm not in that position in my life to want to do that or travel for that type of thing or that skill level. So working on a race car where you can be part of a, of a successful team is. Is that gratification so by being able to be there and see yourself help somebody succeed it's great mm-hmm. you know and truthfully some of the nights where mike has a great night where i don't catch a race car i'm almost bored but i'm happy because yeah. like we're there in case you know we and we've had the nights where we've come from the back and had issues and done well and that's really really great right um for me especially because you know you you were there to help and put in the extra hand to get the car back on the track where maybe it wouldn't have you didn't have enough hands with the right people but it's i know it's more of a comfort thing for mike when i show up and he's there and he still does good without my input whether it's mechanical or you know i can't talk to the race cars he's before he's asked me questions uh, what do you think about this no idea i'm not in the race car i can't feel i can't see it you know my father could watch paul and he would say oh it's loose or it's tight and you know i can start to see that stuff but what to do to fix that I really have no idea. I let Mike, Jim, whoever tell you what to do and I'll make it happen. But as far as the input goes, I'm not that guy, you know, if I had time in a race car and I could feel it and make the adjustments myself and no, I'd probably have an idea, but I'm not there. So you just tell me what to do and I'll go do it. And that's, that's that. So it's, it's really that it comes down to gratification of knowing that you're part of something that's success and being successful. So there's, it's not always easy to have that in life when you get past the sports, you know, in high school, yeah, you can crank a home run or three in a game. Great. You know you had gratification, but you get out of high school, you don't always have that ability to have that same feeling.
1: I think it's underappreciated when, when there's 30 cars that finish a race, how much it takes to make 30 cars finish a race. Mm-hmm. And uh, that night when there's only 10 and ours was one of them, and you're there and you did and you had to do something to make sure that something didn't fail or something it had to fix something it changes the whole aspect of the night especially when there's only 10 cars that finish or something like that uh that pays homage to the crew guys that worked on the cars and made it so that the car finished when 30 cars finish it's like okay the track was easy There wasn't that many failures, you know, but it, but still you, you have like the car has to function for you to, for me to be able to show my talent in the seat or anything. And there's so many times where people have said, I think recently, our car got a little better last Friday and people were like, man, you know, you looked like you were angry out there. It's like, yeah, I was able to actually show what I can do in the seat because the car was good but when the car's not good it really shows what the crew is talent like the crew's talent of being able to finish or come through the pack just regardless of all the the walls we're up against and everything like that and it I think that's something that's overlooked in the sport that that's really not shown that well um some of some of mandy's videos highlight that a little bit whenever we do have issues but um it's it's hard to notice and there's times where i could really use you and you're busy but then there's a a lot of times where like i really needed you and you were you were there and and fixed a lot of stuff so that I was able to continue or or improve on my position and I never would have otherwise so those are things that I think that people definitely couldn't pay more attention to and it's it's some it's a big part of the sport that kind of gets overlooked
0: I feel like it comes down to trust you know we've had a fair share not just Mike but like throughout the 30 some years i've been involved in racing i've seen all walks of life work on race cars and it's like well do you trust that person to tighten the nuts and bolts on that car that your dad your brother your husband's going out in and risking their life in you know and i mean alex this is this episode seems to be just tooting your horn honey
2: yeah so (laughs) contrary to that uh 2016 did or do? 17.
0: What What'd you
2: do? Utica Rome on a Sunday night. We go out for, I don't know if it was hot laps or maybe even the heat. And we come in and Mike's like, somewhere on the right rear of the car. Well, yeah, sure enough, the bottom of the shock uh, was never fastened. <laughs> and we ran around. I, th- I don't think it was. maybe might be the heat. It was like eight laps. I was just running with no with shock. With no shock. <laughs> at this point, we were on bars, so it wasn't coilovers, right? So, le- so at we- least we- I had a spring. Something yeah. to hold the car up, but there was no dampening factor at all so the car was just doing whatever, and he's like well, that was weird because it wasn't the worst thing i've ever driven but it wasn't wasn't fun you know and, yeah. and same thing though like those nights though you really learn something because
1: there wasn't any uh suspension uh dampening but there was lots of traction and you can kind of tell the difference between uh how much
0: keep going how
1: came um how much can you Gain from from having compression and rebound on the suspension versus not. So, can you gain a little traction based mm-hmm. on not having that or can you gain from having the dampening so that the car is not bouncing and...
0: Okay, honey. Now you're getting technical. I was just leaning on the fact of trusting our crew mm-hmm. but... I feel also is, sorry, which I totally just did man and cut you off there. But I feel like, you know, being new as a, you know, in a part of the crew, joining or being seasoned into it is you learn from failure, right? You learn from failure. And not everyone starts knowing everything. So, like, Alex, I mean, you, you had some knowledge, but you've definitely learned some things along the way. But what would you say, like, to someone that wants to be a part of the crew, if they have the knowledge or they don't have the knowledge, like what would you suggest to them? Like, you just showed up one day to good old Mahaney Road in King Ferry, and here you are. You were yeah. you were you were in the wedding. Okay. Like let's be real. Yeah.
2: So I mean that's a great intro to kinda of something I wanted to comment on is one thing I was taught I think it I was in boces back in senior junior high school
0: Wait, um, pause not Bosey's is like a new york thing
2: okay okay so I was Jersey. at tech school so yeah. technical Thank school uh, i my, went to boces too by the way my 10th grade i was in like five study halls a day and i was like this is stupid i'm gonna go learn something yeah um my great uncle taught me how to weld at 12 so i was like i'm gonna go weld and that's what i did and was successful at it to some extent I guess because I now own my own fabrication machine shop business. Um, you know I'm no weld porn welder but I get the job done and customers are satisfied and that's what we're that's what we are for but anyway, any rate uh, in that time there my instructor there was pretty much a hard ass you know it, it was 13 ish years ago and things have changed a lot where I don't think he'd still have a job today but he told me quite frankly one day he said listen shut your goddamn mouth and listen to people that you can tell have knowledge and you'll learn yeah, something. Absolutely. If you want to talk over somebody all day long, you're not going to learn anything. You're not going to want to teach you anything. And I, I took that to heart because I had, I had a lot of people that were my, of my dad's generation that I listened to and took a lot of knowledge in from them uh, where, you know, my dad commented on one of his friends. He was, was kind of a small engine mechanic. He was a school bus mechanic for the township and he would ask my dad, Irv, what the hell is wrong with your son? And I'd be like, What's, what do you mean? He goes, why is this 14-year-old kid riding his bike downtown to my house to hang out with me in my pool and just talk to me all night long about some of the shit I've done? Why, why is he doing that? What's and my dad's like, him? I don't know. I guess he likes it more than hanging out with his own friends. You know, he just wants to come and it was really just I found what he did interesting and he could that man could fix anything and that was, you know, one of that was one of Paul Jensen's good friends. You know, they were friends and then, you know, I learned to talk to Paul and Paul knows a lot about a lot of things, right? He's worked on his own race cars. He he was his race car repair man. So I was in that shop as a kid and I learned and I just I guess I learned to be quiet and ask questions at the right time. I definitely ask questions at the wrong time and you know when you do that because Mm -hmm. you get regurgitation good or bad (laughs) likely bad so i guess in all those years you know you just you pay attention and you you also mind you you can get a lot of bad information from people so you gotta learn to (laughs) sift through the bullshit because there's a lot of it out there um yeah there's a lot of places where i wouldn't go for information um but if you listen sometimes you learn how to do the right thing through the wrong thing that somebody else did it's true. And that's that's well, that an important learned. piece. So I think one of the things, I, if I could teach anybody, you know, my nephew, I tell him, just listen, mm-hmm. sit back, listen. You have to talk and interact, otherwise you're the weird kid in the corner. But and have a personality, yeah. but yeah. but listen, you know, well, give when, the person who's teaching you a ti- the time of day, and don't just ramble over them. Yeah, when when the old timers talk, especially
1: they have they have a lot for you to learn from, and. Uh, Especially, I feel like there's a lot of people that, again, have asked, you know, hey, can I come? Can I come help work on your car or this weekend or this or that? And that's the type of knowledge that you need to be able to do that. You can't just watch the races to know to know how to work on the car. You really need to be down and dirty in, in the mix of things to be able to know what it's all about and, and know all the, the mechanical side of it. And there really isn't any sort of, um, uh, instruction manual on that. No.
0: Well, I just, I was talking to, um, someone just the other day, one of, a, a, a high product distributor, I guess I'll say um and he was saying how he had he was training someone to be a part of the sport and you know sell the product and really the idea is like you want to just like Alex said like it, for a lot of people it's a competitive edge like you want to really be involved and like thrive and go faster and and sell your product and make it the best thing on the market well this person evidently like they had a lot of racing knowledge but not to put down the fans and the stands, but he started his job and just literally showed his colors of just being a fan of the stands. He didn't care about selling the products. He didn't care about making the cars go faster or like really the, the deep, dirty part of the sport. And that's a lot of people see like the glorious, like my dad always jokes is there's people that just want to be in the pictures. You know, people just want to show up and be in victory lane, but you know, the, your true colors show up when we're struggling. You know, the, the the crew that shows up when we're not winning the races. And, you know, everyone wants to be a part of a winning team, but we need the people that really, like, want to work to win, not just be on the winning team that's already winning.
2: Yeah, it's not, a, it's not easy to be pit side when you're not having good years, good runs, good weeks, good months, whatever, you know. It's not always easy, but you're there because you – You have this vision of the light at the end of the tunnel, where you're like you, you're gonna get there, Mm -hmm. and you can't just be there for two races. You didn't win. You weren't in victory lane both times and leave. Yep. You know that's that's not gonna work. That's not gonna work anywhere. Um, And it's hard to instill that in people this day and age. But if there's one thing I could tell parents to do, it would be to instill that kind of uh, mannerism or whatever. Whatever
1: that proper term is. Yeah, I I mean, I would say that there's many victory lanes where, you know, Alex has not been there. That something that he did when he was there impacted how we and contributed to how we finished that night. And uh, and that and that's fortunate and unfortunate at the same time because, uh, you know, I I would I would like him to get the recognition that he deserves, but at the same time. It is fortunate for me to have him to help me when he can and and have such an impact because there's been a number of times where our car has done impressive things just because of the work he's done to fix things that, you know, just stripped fasteners or whatever Um, in a short period of time. Where I was probably flustered and really didn't know what to do to to mm-hmm. for a solution and and he doesn't he doesn't really get uh riled up or or upset about any of these things he He finds solutions fast and and the thing comes back together and goes out there and performs and and that's that's the type of stuff that you're looking for when you have when you're looking for mechanics and uh it's i it's there's no there's no measurable way to to replace that or or anything i don't really know how to how to even do
2: that
0: okay so I'll i think it s- takes
2: time you know <laughs> i mean i think it took a couple of years before i won over the work shoes heart
0: Oh, and yeah. trust that ain't you know easy.
2: and i think the the night i did was at the chili bowl hangout at the mahaney shop we were all there for the chili bowl oh, like one of the, the chili bowl parties the
0: the big hat is that the night we watched in the garage you don't remember i, that don't,
2: I don't remember the big hat part I'll, uh, I'll pull the picture i just remember that your father needed help with something he goes you think you can fix this dang thing i've been messing with it forever he walked over and it just happened to be like a certain headlight module that i've had to mess with and Quite frankly, I probably broke three of them before I learned how to do it the right way. And I just did it. He goes, are you kidding me? <laughs> and at that point in time, I feel like he's like, all right, this kid knows something. Right. I, maybe it was because I failed three times, but yeah, I learned, exactly. you know? And that's, uh-huh. that's the kind of thing is I, you know, I've worked on stuff and I have a laundry list of things that have failed and gone wrong and probably the receipts to prove it. But uh, without all those, you, you darn well better be learning something so that you don't do it again. Uh, is the best way to go about it, right? I mean, you don't... It's, like we said, you know, shocks coming loose. We quite literally... It was a rushing moment. We said, all right, let's get the shock on. Let's just get it on there loose. We might change it. Well, I never listened to Mike about getting the shock on there loose ever again because we're just going to tighten it up because in case we don't change it last minute, like we often do, it's very ready to go because yeah. if you don't think about it, it's not you're not going to go back to it. So there's just things that you learn even if it's against your driver's will in some way, but it's for the better. I would rather loosen a three-quarter inch nut off a half, whatever, half 20 or half 13 thread. I'd rather have it on there tight, and I'd rather spin that thing off quicker than heck than know it's on there loose, and it might come off in the, in the heat and a feature. Worst thing you could do is winning a race, and it comes off halfway through, right? Mm-hmm. So just have it on there, and then work a little bit harder to get it back off in case you need to. Yeah. And that way you have the peace of mind that you didn't have that mess up again. That is that nobody's ever going to get mad at you for that. No. Uh, the, no. Only,
0: the only. <laughs> I, ho-
1: I swear <laughs> hope not. You know what I
0: mean? The only way, I mean, really the only way to grow or learn is just by failure. And so like so many people are hesitant to want to be a part of a team to want to commit. And I mean, Alex, we'd love to have you 24, seven, seven days a week, as you know, uh, but we can't, you know, so it can't just, <laughs> da, na, na, na. um, not
1: till the purses go way up.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> Amen. Amen. But for people out there that want to be a part of a team, but can't quit their job, you know, like if you, if you just start from the bottom and work your way up, that's, that's really all it is. Like earn your keep, earn your stripes, whatever that is. I don't know. Is that karate? stripes
1: guys oh, Boy, I don't know if that's karate but they, they are in you your
0: belt
2: their color their belt color with but stripes uh, you're out of my league man I yeah. sorry uh, but I, I think you know to add you don't have to learn from just your failures if you're a part of the team and you're there consistently you can learn through other people's failures and grow with that as well yep. so don't feel like because you're at the at the team and you're, you're young maybe you're 15 years old And they're not letting you change the tire. But if you recognize when Joe Schmo changed the tire and did it wrong or Mm. cross-rubbed the dang thing or whatever, and something went wrong in the race, learn from that. And then when somebody's asking you something, if you can have a intellectual comment back about what you saw happen and how you took it in, that also builds your trust with the person that you're working on or for and that, that's growing just the same maybe not through your own personal failure but through a failure that you were around and experienced through others yeah. that's just as important as your own and maybe and sometimes better because
1: it the the circumstance could be anyways. equally equally bad by jumping in and and, and trying to prove yourself mm-hmm. when you're when you don't have the experience uh, you can put my life or someone else's life in jeopardy by not knowing what you're doing whereas kind of being more receptive and listening and paying attention can teach you what you need to know to not do that and i think there's too many people that don't realize the implications that can happen from not knowing what you're doing acting uh, like
0: you know what you're doing and
1: acting like you know what you're doing and uh I know it, you don't – everybody wants to be a big deal. Everybody wants to be able to jump in and, and be important. But it's way important – more important to learn and do things correctly than it is to, like, look like a big deal. Because Know your
2: limitations. I mean, yeah. a month ago, maybe a month and a half, I don't know, time flies, you won Malta on the Friday night. Right, the night I went up there and I helped in the shop for two days and you asked me, Hey, tighten this line up. What oh, was a fuel line? And I said, Nope, that's all you buddy. And I you know, I've been working in a car for what, like I said, seven or eight years. Is, and and this I just is said Alex,
1: no. I would I would trust Alex to tighten that line every day of the week, but he knows his limitations. He's known, like well, I don't wanna be responsible for that type of leak. Yeah.
2: A leak at the carburetor as soon as it hits a header after five laps, it's a fireball.
1: Meanwhile, somebody that doesn't know would respond that has never torqued a wheel, would say, Oh, yeah, I'll get, I'll, you know, what size wrench do I need? I'll, I'll tighten that up. And that'll tell me right there that they have no idea what they're doing. Because the fact that they're not afraid of that tells me that they really have no clue that how bad it could be if they did that improperly mm-hmm. and that's the type of thing that that i think people need to pay attention to because if if you don't know what you're getting into then don't get into it you know yeah. what i mean just just back up and learn a little bit before you jump in yeah know your
2: limitations and be honest honesty is honesty, honesty is, is the is best, best thing mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i've had a number of times where people have told
1: me you know Hey, uh, you know, one of the lug nuts was loose on on this wheel, and I said, uh, "Okay." And they kind of expected me to be angry or upset that that someone, you know, torqued the wheel improperly, or that you know that that wheel could have fallen off. But I said, "No, this is, no, this is a learning experience. This is great. Uh, the wheel didn't fall off. You told me that there was a problem, and we can now fix the problem." That is not an issue. Uh, what bothers me is when people try to hide it from me. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. Somebody, somebody says, oh, yeah, hey, hey, uh, um, this this lug nut was loose. Don't tell Mike." And it's like, what? Why would you? <laughs> why would you not tell me? Mm-hmm. Because I, I'm not going to be angry about it. I just, I just, I know how to fix it. I know how to tell everyone what to do so that this never happens again. Put it on a
2: checklist. Right.
1: Yeah. So that's the part that the difference between inexperience and experience that that can really make a difference.
0: Well, we all have to start somewhere. But being this is Dirt Track Confessions, Alex, I'm going to put you on the spot. Are you ready for this?
2: Probably not, but I guess we're here for it. So.
0: So my... I mean, it's been seven years since I've met Alex, and I guess that, what, when did you move into your shop house? Was that about a little over seven years ago?
2: No, it was uh, eight years and like two months and five days ago. I don't know the exact oh. day without doing <laughs> Okay, some more all
0: right. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so, my first impression, I remember meeting Alex, and you don't have to correct me on this if you want, go ahead. But I remember meeting you. We went out on the lake on a boat. We we're living this glorious day, and Alex is trying to feed me some kind of fake fish, lobster, crab. Oh, crab,
2: cra- Was crab. it crab? Crab casserole, oh my or was God. it just straight up imitation crab? It was straight up, imitation, straight up crab. Imitation, imitation, crab. Imitation, crab.
0: imitation crab. That's what it was. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I was like, "Who is this guy?" And he's trying to feed me. I mean, I'm not a meat person, so you had me over there. But like, I've never had imitation crab, and that was the that was the beginning of. Alex Stevens. and I cheap.
2: Mean, $3.99 yes. a pound. I mean, that's cheaper. It's almost as cheap as bologna. This and is, at that point in my life, that was yeah. where I was well, at. Well,
0: that's what I'm getting <laughs> at. That's what I'm getting at. It's like,
2: Tonight we're having steaks. Yeah, we had, <laughs> yes. we had yeah. tenderloin and ribeye. Uh, Alex
0: is the man. In Brussels.
2: <laughs> it was awesome.
0: But, so. like, that, it just goes to show, Alex, like, where you were and the determination drive you had to get to where you are. And where you're, like, I have no doubt where this, like, what the future holds for you. But... The Dirt Track Confessions part is... We're going to put you on the spot. And I really, really hope... Well, that wasn't that, the spot.
2: No. Oh, I thought answering no. what that was. Yeah, the it spot,
0: was the spot. The spot is... I'm, I wish you guys could see their faces right now. Alex, I want you to give me a good story of you and Mike. Something that many people don't know. He's looking at me smirking like... Be careful, Alex. Don't do it. But...
2: I... I think the best was I don't know if it was 2016, 17. We were on a wine tour and oh. it was my I heard about
0: th- I wasn't there for this. I heard about I it. I
2: don't think it was like my wife's birthday, but maybe it was like her belated birthday. And Mike, we had I think he had a rainout and you were able to make it like last minute, like yep. 10 minutes before the the bus left the shop house. Same thing is like- going to happen for your wedding. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait,
0: mind you, pause. Alex is getting freaking married on Fulton 2 hundred weekend yep
2: it's mind true. You. I did Mike the favor and said you are expected the wedding rain out before the wedding if but you don't rain after you win it you get down there as fast as possible with everybody that you can bring with you because we don't bringing care we bring the,
0: trophy. We're bringing the trophy. Bring everybody
2: which I hundred percent appreciate
1: by the way just because wait. oh wait you can Pause. yeah if- you can't expect a racer to skip a race but you can you can hundred percent expect me to To show up afterwards. So,
0: Alex's wedding, mind you, like, I love this idea. The theme is great. If you, if you, anyway, I highly doubt many people know Alex's wife, Nina. Mind you, they're already married, but we're doing a wedding all over again. But the theme (laughs) is completely, everyone has to wear it black. So, Mike, you're going to have to wear your black uniform.
2: Yeah, Simpson.
0: Perfect. Right? Sold.
2: Can at least put... A fresh one on so I don't smell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to okay, sweat yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah. If it's at like your wedding, we're going to okay. dance till 4 in the morning. Well, yeah, we're right. up the so, dance floor.
0: No, right. Okay,
2: so sorry. Ba- yeah, so Mike somehow made it in time for the boss shuttle, whatever you want to call it, to take, <laughs> uh, I don't know, 20 sober people this time across Seneca and Kew counties wine touring. And it's always a good time. And we had a great time. And somewhere in the middle, Mike rips out, like, I want to say it was a brown sandwich bag. Oh, yeah with like $200 in $1 bills and hands it to my girlfriend at the time and said, here, this is your birthday present, have fun. Out of the blue, like, so what she do? Like, I think she partially hands it out, partially just throws it in the air and starts like a hardy on this bus that happens to have a stripper pole <laughs> or a dancing pole. Let's keep it classy, yeah, a, dancing yeah. a dancing pole. And uh, we quite literally just had an awesome time Dancing to music because we were all having a blast. And then the better part of that was we went home and we got out for some reason a couple of my trucks and used it on the shop track. And I went from almost a lap down to I passed Mike Mahaney on my own track. I did slide job him, almost wrecked two of my trucks simultaneously because I owned both of them. And then uh, until I lost four wheel drive, um, mm. he passed me back. But then, because of that, the truck was blown up with a brick on the throttle until <laughs> until we broke a timing chain, um, completely which completely
1: destroyed that. Great
2: truck. fun. I uh, had it sold until I blew it up, and then I just scrapped it. <laughs> but I don't regret any of that. We talked earlier about the couple of regrets I have in my yeah. life today. That is nowhere near the top 100 of anything I could imagine regretting. That day
1: was epic. There, was, there could be no regrets. No, it was no. fantastic. Not even one letter. <laughs> <laughs> so, you
0: know that's Alex, I was just telling Mike the other day I was like, I wish more people could just get to know Mike on like our level. Everyone would love him, so Mike pressures point here. Mm-hmm. give us a story of Alex
1: I just I have to I have to put it back to the. The racing deal, where um, I don't—I could tell—I could tell a number of stories about Alex from when we we're partying on a boat and doing backflips. But I—I I really think for this podcast, what would express his talent is Alex shows up one, two, three, four, five times a year to help me and. I'm on a professional race team, I'm getting paid to race, and we have a shock company, not the awesome one that I have now, but one that keeps breaking shafts and popping pistons and doing stuff, Uh, and we're just, we have a fast race car, but man, we just keep coming in with broken shocks left and right. And this guy changed at least three to four shocks, and kept me on the lead lap of no oh shit of Super Dirt Week with zero training, with zero uh, practice. I mean, just comes in with an impact and starts. Uh, all right me another shock gets it on there and and we get back out there and there's a number of times where I've I, I just can't I can't describe how I've tried to try to like show people how shocks go on and off like where the spacers go which way the nut goes on like all these different things and he just knows how to read and react and it, it just blew me away that we were able to continue that night because I thought we were done way before that. <laughs> Honestly, it was all good until <laughs> but, the torque arm. But right? he just yeah, like he just kept hammering more shocks on the car until until we finally broke the torque arm, and uh, at that point we were done. But uh, there there really isn't a whole lot that can stop this guy from fixing the car and getting me back out there. So, and even the torque arm. Um, now, now I can really say this. If we were on a different team, he probably could have fixed that freaking thing. Yeah. And got me back out there, but uh, they were kind of like, eh, you know, time to call it quits. Yep. And gave up, but I don't think Alex would have gave up right there. Never. I think he would probably fucking <laughs> throw a chain around it or rest <laughs> and a ratchet strap and fucking set me back out there. Send and it. And I and I, and I can one hundred percent say that he would have had a solution for that problem. Yeah. Um. And. And that my, you know, my crew chief at the time kind of gave up. So, um, I would pick him, you know, a hundred times over, over what I had before. So that's, that's really awesome. And, that and I, I don't, that's the best story I can tell about his character and like what, what he's capable of mechanically. And I just, I don't know.
0: So um i guess we'll this has been going on for a while um alex i will have to say is that i don't i don't know how to explain it but needless to say if it wasn't for you and your wife mike and i probably wouldn't be together if you remember that (laughs) that one time uh, i'm not gonna go full detail we can say that for you guys for another podcast episode but it just goes to show like this episode is pretty much a A fluff of the ego to Alex. (laughs) Not going to lie, we just, we were like, you know what, guys, it's the 4th of July, we're having a few beverages, and we're like, you know, we'd love to have Alex on. He's a character, he's a great human being, we would trust him with everything and then some, and, you know, what was it, six, six, six years ago, six and a half years ago, it was Alex and Nina that came in clutch that mended Mike and I, we had a wonderful start to our relationship. And uh, they came in clutch and saved the day and talked
1: some sense into
2: me.
0: Y- more you, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely.
2: Thought we scared Mandy away when she stepped on a partially eaten mouse by one of my cats oh my in the shop house. That was <laughs> yeah, with a barefoot.
0: Mind you, I yeah, I had to stay at Alex Nina's house and oh, that's a that's a, we can save that story for another episode. I just felt
2: bad. That was disgusting.
0: That was disgusting. Mind still you, still have the wait, cat. Mind <laughs> you, I'm allergic to cats, guys. I'm allergic to cats. So, the the hoops I would go through for my husband, <laughs> I was determined to make him mine, and here we are. So, thank which, you, Alex.
1: Which Alex helped make, uh, which Alex helped make obvi- more obvious to me. Yes. Because Mike has come along. Some way. of the, some of those things were overlooked by by even myself prior to you know sometimes you need a little eye-opening experience you need that
0: you need that friend to, to know
1: like hey you know like you don't realize what this girl is doing for you in your life and that was big for me
0: so alex is our hidden gem that not many people get to know about or get to see but he does exist and hopefully after this podcast we've Fluffed his ego enough that he comes to more races.
2: We're trying. We're trying. <laughs> if I, as long as I'm stateside and not buried in some work, I'm I'm there. planning to go tonight. That was yeah, was on the list out. tonight. Finally, and then uh, things went a little sideways with our nature, and it's, well, I'm pretty happy we're here tonight doing what we're doing tonight too. Yeah. Instead, so. we're having steaks by the lake and doing a podcast,
0: drinking some margaritas. And, uh, there's a mighty
2: fine. Sunset. Uh, sunset so i think manny is going to wrap it up based on my recommendation so we can go enjoy <laughs> that with a beverage <laughs> alex, not that i want to cut you guys short but here we are i'm doing it i
0: think alex that's a perfect wrap up is, i think he's getting a little dehydrated so thank you guys for listening i hope you enjoy this make sure to subscribe to all of our platforms like follow share uh find alex how do people find you alex stevens
2: that
1: stevens kid
0: eleven,
2: or that no it's just that stevens kid yeah i don't even know my own user handle whatever whatever that is okay well
0: he's that stevens kid so alex thank you for joining us it has been a pleasure and i hope we can have more of you
2: you're very welcome and i appreciate the fluff and bow of confidence yes it's been a it's been a wild and awesome ride make sure you also follow valley view fabrication
0: yes plug yeah, I don't know. It's
2: Value it. Fab Machine, maybe. I think it's been about a year, maybe ten days short of a year since I posted on there last. Oh my I've god! Been, yeah, I've, busy. Been, I've been told that I need to. You got to realize when
1: a, when a business doesn't have time to do their uh, advertising, that means that they're, they're busy. good at business. Yes, because yeah. they're actually doing the real work, yeah, not worrying about trying to get more work. So yeah, if you're just, in
0: the uh, Cayuga Lake area, hit him up for all of your fabrication needs.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. So. Not that he needs more
2: work. Cause <laughs> I, I could use his help. So stop giving yeah. him more business. Just
0: kidding. <laughs> okay, bye guys.
2: Adios amigos.
0: See you.